Bring it in. Read option back. Getting you ready for week eight in the NFL, week nine in college football, the three-quarter mark already of the college football season. It's it's crazy how quickly it goes. And the season's shorter and everything regular season, so it makes some some sort of sense. But still, uh, it, unbelievable how fast it goes. We say it every week, but it it uh it holds true. Um no veto today. Talk about this man, dude. He just literally we were texting last night, everyone's all set, we're gonna do the pod this afternoon and then Vito texts us and Scotty's here by the way um so it's me and Scotty holding it down but Vito (laughs) Vito texts us like what 45 minutes ago and is like yeah so I'm either gonna have to catch a flight in an hour or I'll be on the pot and we're like what the hell is this dude's life man he just he's constantly moving god bless him uh stoked for him though I guess you know out there doing stuff it's exciting um but just you and me scott just you and me and uh honestly i don't even think there's much point in talking about monday night monday night's game was boring as hell i will say the manning cast was awesome it was the first time i watched the entire game through the manning cast i watched the The whole the whole thing was great like all all four guests yeah i mean marshawn lynch Lynch. dropping an f-bomb he said shit i think four times and then dropped an F-bomb, uh, which was just incredible. On the way out. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like what are we like, what, what are we expecting ESPN? Like, I think when, when the main <laughs> yeah, cast really. like, first came around, everyone was like, Marshawn Lynch and Tom Brady. Like, those are the two guys I think most people wanted to see on the, uh, on the Manning cast. And lo and behold, we get them both uh, in, what, first and second quarter, right? Tom Brady was the second quarter. Uh, yeah. And it was super entertaining, I, I thought. The Tom Brady stuff was great. Um, he did talk about, he, he's gave a, a Bitcoin to the guy who, who gave the ball back. So that's a nice little chunk of change for our man. Uh, in addition to, yeah, but now he's, he's got to do work for it. You know, you got to watch the market, make sure you get your investment out of it. Nick, I don't want to do the work. The golf thing we talked about was great. That was perfect. Give me the money. Give me the golf. Give me the season tickets, all of that. I don't want the Bitcoin. It's too much responsibility. Yeah, it is. And you, there's always a chance that, you know, Bitcoin just, eva- you know, just crashes or something, too. Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll just cash it out. But, hey, a whole Bitcoin right now is it's a sub, sub, I mean, what's like $70,000? Like, it's a substantial amount of money. So, I, I mean, there's there's worse consolation prizes as opposed to the potential 500000 he could have gotten for it. But he also got what, like uh, two years of season tickets? Did I see that correct yeah, from the Bucks? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, two years um, of season tickets. And which... he's got $1,000 to the, the team store. I mean, the guy made out okay. You know, I'm not no, I'm not going to be crying off, but he was a good a guy. Autographs. Yeah. yeah, he's getting some autograph stuff from TB. And I mean, hell, if you if you sold it all, maybe the, the overall value is, uh, is getting closer to what the ball would be on an open market. But, hey, you know what? He did the right thing. He did the right thing. Uh, and... I think uh, I think it was the right move. But other than that, not a whole lot to get into. There was a uh, in regards to the Thursday night game this week. Um, we are seeing that what well, we saw that Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard both missing the game tonight. They tested positive for COVID this week, um, or at least they're on the COVID protocol, which is uh, 
unfortunate for the Bucks and, and kind of or for the Packers and kind of stinks for this game. I mean, I think everyone was looking forward to finally having a really, really good Thursday night game. And I'm so excited to watch because with Aaron Rodgers, you never know. Um, but then on the Cardinal side, too, J.J. Watt's likely done for the year, which is a bummer with his shoulder injury. So uh, and also, I think uh, Valdez Scantling is also not going to be playing. So the Packers mm-hmm. are down three wide receivers. Uh, Bobby Tuns, I'm sure we'll get some looks. I think we'll see a lot of running from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But, yeah, not exactly the the Thursday night like this. Because just if you looked at the schedule before all that broke out, like this was the best game of the week on the schedule, you know, going into it. I mean, 6-1 and one Packers, 7-0 no Cardinals, the implications this could have for playoff seeding down the line. And I think we all wanted to see just a full out, both teams 100% healthy. We're going to get a great game here. And uh, unfortunately, that's not what, we're gonna get, not what we're going to get, but I do still think it's going to be a really entertaining game. Um, do you want to try to get into maybe some of that? And we'll uh, we'll start with – actually, before we do that, let's get everyone updated on our pick standings um, after last week. So, overall right now in college football, you're sitting at 21-20, and 20, Scotty. Vito, who did not pick uh, college football games last week, is still sitting at 27 and 10, which is absurd. And I'm, I'm hanging at, around there though. <laughs> you are, you are. And I'm at 24 and 22. So, uh, and Vito's missed two weeks of picking college football games and he still has more wins than both of us. He's been ridiculous call, uh, picking college football games so far this season. So, so good for Vito, I guess. Um, NFL, Scotty, you are actually leading the way in winning percentage in the NFL. You had an awesome oh, week. Damn. Uh, you had an awesome week this week. I think you went 10 and 6 overall or 10 and 8 overall. Um, but in the NFL, you uh, you had a really good week. You are 48, 43, and 1 on the year for picking NFL that? games. Uh, Vito is 45 and 44 and 1. And I'm sub 500 now. Uh, in the NFL, 52, 53, right. and one. Still with the most overall I gotta, picks. I got I got to widen the gap this this week with Vito out. I got to widen that gap. <laughs> so that brings our overall picks so far in the season. You're 69, 63, and one. Nice. 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 <laughs> uh, Vito is 72, 54, and one. Uh, ridiculous wow. record still. <laughs> and I'm at 76, 75, and one. So we're all above 500 still, uh, though, again, I've picked significantly more games than you guys. So, you know, whatever. Not, oh. mad. Not mad. Just law of averages, you know. <laughs> but I've been I've been ridiculously consistent. I've been like abs- like pretty much for the last with the exception of like two weeks. I've been 500 for the last like month straight. And, and there's a couple weeks before that that I was like I had one really good week, one really bad week. And since then, I've just been like steady 500 game or two around there. So I'd say as, as a whole, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. It's a pot. Uh, this Packers Arizona game, as always, it's become tradition that we call it, we pick the game and we talk about it. And then you guys get to laugh at us for being very incorrect uh, one way or the other right now, Arizona is a six and a half point favorite at home. Uh, hmm. That line is definitely reflective of everything that's going on with uh, the, the, the Packers not having the wide receivers, but that's still a lot of points. And it's still Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have uh, the other A Rodgers on their team. Uh, Amari Rodgers will, I think this is his second year now. So he's going to get some love. Uh, really talented player from Clemson. And 
other than that, I mean, they still have Equinemius St. Brown, right? So they have a couple of guys there that'll be able to catch the ball. (laughs) Such a good name. How could you possibly forget? Uh, How are you, (laughs) how are you feeling right now with Green Bay in Arizona? I'm so excited to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Um, I just, I think there's too much on either side of the ball for even with JJ Watt out. JJ Watt, by the way, has one more sack than I do uh, in the NFL this year. So good for him. Um, but uh, it sucks that that uh, that's a big part of that defense. Um, even if he's not getting to the quarterback, he's he's a threat to be reckoned with on the other side of the ball when you got uh, Chandler Jones out there and then Isaiah Simmons uh, in the in the middle who can also rush the quarterback pretty well. But um, I don't know this this Green Bay offensive line is is questionable. I think they're they've gotten better over weeks with with uh, and Bakhtiari's coming back, so that'll be a big help. Is he uh, in tonight? By the way, I don't believe that he is. Yeah, I, I think um, next week is when they think he's going to. Yeah, I'll confirm. Uh, so, so six and a half. I look. That's just that's a lot of of point. You're you're basically saying Kyler's going to beat Aaron Rodgers by a touchdown. Um, and I think Arizona does have the weapons on the the offensive side of the ball just enough. Uh, D Hop is a game time decision, but even still, without that, I think they have enough with between or among Chris, Christian Kirk, uh, AJ Green. Uh, what's this? I just blanked on the on the Chase Edmonds. Jesus, there you go. <laughs> uh, and and James Conner, and uh, and of course, uh, as as you well know. Uh, the tight end Zach Ertz. So uh, I expect a big game. Uh, there was it was kind of a big game last week between Ertz and uh, and uh, Kyler Murray. I expect another one this week because uh, the middle of that that Packers defense is its weakness. Uh, the secondary is good. The uh, the defensive line is good. Uh, but it's it's if if Zach Ertz can exploit some of those matchups over the middle. Uh, let Kyler dance around in the pocket a little bit. I think there's a big game to be had for them, especially, especially if uh, DeAndre Hopkins does not go. Although I think he will. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's ex- I, I, he, I like he's expected to play. Uh, Shefty said he he is expected to play tonight. D Hop. Um, I think they've just kind of been letting him rest from that Veteran Day rest, and he's a little banged up. So rather safe than sorry. Um, yeah. No Marquez Valdez Scantling today uh, or tonight. Devonte Adams out. We know that uh, David Bakhtiari still not off the physically unable to perform list, but hopefully he will be. Uh, he'll be back next week. But the biggest, you know, the two biggest issues for this team right now are, are the two best defensive players on Green Bay are are on IR and have been for a couple of weeks. Jair Alexander, one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL when healthy, and Zadarius Smith. Um, I, I think they're going to have a really tough time time slowing down this this Arizona offense. And even with Aaron Rodgers, and I'll never count them out, you know, Green Bay is always, even with Rodgers, they always have like a letdown game, right? They always look awesome. They always look like world beaters. And uh, and sometimes they'll put up a million points, but then they kind of have these like, like the New Orleans game to open the season, right? Like these, these random losses, you're like, man, that wasn't even competitive. They're either but he's- dominating or, or, or winning close games, or they're, they're kind of getting their asses handed to them. And it happens a few times a year. And I think we might be in store for that on a short week and without all those weapons, but he's so Aaron good Rogers on Thursday night. Though. Yeah. He's so good on Thursday night. and in Arizona. So that's a twofer. And he's getting, I mean, I mean, they're getting six and a half points. I just, I mean, they're going to be sent. I mean, Randall Cobb's going to get a lot of looks tonight. <sighs> See, I, I just convinced myself I was going to take Arizona until you said that, and I forgot how good Rodgers is on Thursday night. 
I don't know. I'll make you go first. Who are you taking with the six and a half? Packers. <laughs> Green Bay. I um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm with you. I think this is gonna be a tight game. I think this is a close game. And uh I think it's one of those where it's like, how the hell is this game close? How the hell is Aaron Rodgers doing this? And like Randall Cobb has a throwback game where he finishes with like 12 catches for like a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. And and the other, again, the other big X factor here is if they can get the running game going with both of those guys, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, it's gonna make a difference. I I really do think so. Um, All right, well, let's move on now to the Sunday slate. Uh, Another interesting, uh, interesting weekend. This weekend should be definitely on the college side. It should be better than last week. Um, Maybe not for you, but for for the casual college football fan, the NFL slate has some interesting games. Um, I I wouldn't call any of them like amazing or like super exciting, but there's some that I I am excited to, to kind of watch here. So we'll start with this one. Uh, the line on this game is what surprised me the most. The Carolina Panthers going to Atlanta, and they have Atlanta as a three-point favorite at mm. home, which considering how both of these teams started the season, it's pretty amazing that we're at this point now. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think in the first three games of the year, you'd be talking about a double-digit point spread in this matchup. Yeah, um, or at least Carolina would be a, like a road favorite, you know, the fact that yeah. they're they're a – they're the underdogs here. Now it's the three points, which is typically just you give the home team three points um, when you factor in the lines. And, you know, so basically Vegas is telling us right now that this is a pick them. Pick them. Um, it's a trap game too, by the way. Um, man, I I think I'm going to – look, the Falcons are good. <laughs> you you <Not>. think? <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say, that's the classic, man. <laughs> I think the Falcons are sneaky good. And it's like, no, don't, come on. Take a I second. I care about you. Think about yeah. what you just said. <laughs> no, like uh, the, this Carolina defense, I don't know what's going on the last couple of, of games. They're, they're a little bit banged up um, to be sure. But uh, you know, that, that I think they're better than, than they've been playing. So uh, put in an offense with limited weaponry. Uh, well, I don't know. Cordero Patterson might have a big game again. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm still not sold on their running game with Mike Davis. I think Cordero Patterson is the answer. Um, I'm still not sold that, that Mike, uh, or Matt Ryan needs to go to, uh, to Calvin Ridley at all times. I think he's really blossoming with Kyle Pitts. Um, and, and we saw that last week. I mean, Calvin Ridley had, I think 60, 70 something yards and a touchdown, but, uh, Kyle Pitts had 163 yards last week. Yeah. Uh, against a, a Miami defense that that is kind of broken, and this similar to what I think the Panthers defense looks like is um, played really well at the beginning of the year and got a little banged up, and now they're trying to trying to slap some pieces together to uh, to make it uh, serviceable. And I don't I don't see that 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 is happening, and, and I definitely don't see that this happening on the offensive side of the ball for the Panthers. Um, I don't know what's going on. Sam Darnold is it looks lost uh, lately against um, decent defenses, but this is a good rebound game for him um, if he's going to do that. I like the Falcons at three and a half. Um, and in a, not in even a close game half, like that, three. yeah. It's... Oh, it's three. Yeah, yeah in a tight no, game no. like that, I'll I'll take the home team. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've, I've been flirting with the idea of Carolina, but there's still no Chris McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard's been okay, but, you know, that run game got absolutely stuffed by the Giants. Now, the Giants are actually a pretty good rush defense. Leonard Floyd's one of the best run-stopping, you know, three techniques that we have in football right now. Um, this is a tricky game to try to pick, and I think when in doubt, I think you're right. I think you have to go with the home team, and I think right now Arizona – or, sorry, Atlanta, you know, I don't love picking Atlanta. I think Atlanta's got a lot of issues, but I think you're right. I mean, back-to-back 100-yard games for Kyle Pitts, um, that, that connection's really getting good. And got to remember, too, J.C. Horn's done for the year. Stephon Gilmore's still not going to make his debut for the Panthers either. Um, and you you factor in all the Deshaun Watson, you know, rumors and all that crap that's been circulating. Uh, the Panthers are, are playing some rough football right now. And the Falcons, on the other hand, you know, they hung around and, and won that game against Miami last week. But then that's also the part of this where I'm thinking, man, if Tua and the Miami Dolphins were able to pretty much, all, you know, get as close to beating the Falcons as they did, I would think that Carolina's got to be a better team than Miami. I would, I would, it's. Tua, I would Tua argue Tua really in the well. Dolphins offense, Tua and the Dolphins offense is better than what Carolina's putting out there yeah. right now. And I think Carolina's defense is is right now due to injuries and stuff is is not the same team. I don't. I'm going to take Carolina. I know that sounds really stupid, um, but I, I trust Joe Brady. I'm a believer in Joe Brady. I'm a believer in Matt Rule, and um, I you know no AJ Terrell starting cornerback for the Falcons either. So you know they should get that passing game. DJ Moore sneakily had a pretty good year. Uh, he hasn't found the end zone much, but he's getting a lot of yards. Uh, Robbie Anderson's been a bit of a disappointment, a lot of drops from him. Um, and Terrace Marshall, the rookie, we're, we haven't seen a ton from. But I, I think Carolina finds a way to win this game. It's a rival, you know, rivalry division game. Yeah, I'm going to take Carolina. And you're, you're, and you're taking Atlanta? Yeah, the other thing, too, with the plus three is, uh, is – Atlanta has uh, a guy by the name of Young Hui Koo. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a pretty damn good kicker. He is a pretty uh, damn so that good three kicker. points, like I'll take that all day long. I'll take Koo to get me to that three-point spread in a, in a tie game late. Um, yeah. This is one of those that like all – like my bet makes no sense. My pick makes no sense here. Like I, I, everything is pointing to the Falcons uh, winning this game. But I don't know. It's just a, just a gut check. So we'll see. Uh we haven't seen Buffalo in a couple of weeks. We haven't seen them since they lost them in that Monday night game. Heartbreaker to Tennessee. Um, when Buffalo loses games, they come out and try to stomp the crap out of the team that they're playing. Uh, and they're seeing Miami for the second time this season. And the last time they won 35 to nothing, shut out the Miami Dolphins. I would exp- And now that was with Jacoby Brissett, not Tua. But I'd imagine that that front four for and the rotation of the front four for Buffalo is going to have a field day getting after Tua. Um, I don't think it matters that it's Tua versus Jacoby Brissett. I mean, this is obviously going to be the Bills all day. But Buffalo is a 14-point favorite at home. Ooh. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be about 55 and a little rainy. So how do we feel about Buffalo trying to cover a two-touchdown spread here? Um, you know, and, and how does Tua, you know, play in the cold and the rain? You know, that's not something kid born and raised playing football in Hawaii – and then goes and plays in Alabama in this SEC. It's not a guy, it's a guy who hasn't played a whole lot of cold weather football in his life. 
Um, and not to say that 55 is freezing cold, but it's definitely going to be chilly and, and, and rainy. So uh, I think it's an interesting matchup. How are you feeling right now about the, uh, the Dolphins and the Bills? Good. I mean, Stefan Diggs is finally coming on for the Bills. Uh, I mean, he had a really quiet first quarter of the year. And now he's he's starting to to light it up, and I think with the bye week too, on top of that, is going to be even more electric. Yeah. Uh, Dawson Knox is out. Uh, that that was that was uh, Allen's go to guy um, through the first quarter of the season. But uh, if if it's going to rain super hard and we're depending on running games, then I would take. I, hmm, how bad is it going to rain? <laughs> Because weather uh, matters. <laughs> it, it does <laughs> no, matter. I, I, <laughs> look, um, I think look. I think despite that, I, I don't think that the the Dolphins have enough uh, in the bag. Look, they 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 have law. Malcolm Brown is now on the IR, so it it's one of those situations where you kind of step back and be like, look, what's been working has been Miles Gaskin over the past few weeks, right? So he's a guy who we should be getting 17 rushes to and and maybe five, six uh, passes out of the backfield. He should be touching the ball at least 20, 25 times a game, whatever way it comes. And that's how he, he's kept you in ball games. Um, so if it's going to rain a little bit, I'd favor that to, to sort of uh, cover a 14-point spread. But I think Josh Allen is out of the backfield, plus Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Uh, far outweighs any of that. And then the throwing ability of, of Josh Allen compared to, to Tua and the weapons that they have offensively, Tua has only been able to throw to Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki. Um, I, I just, I think Stefan Diggs is going to have an absolutely monster feast of a game um, yeah. this week. So yeah, I just, I, I, I I'll take the bills. At it doesn't look like it's going to be raining a ton. looks like kind of scattered thunderstorms throughout the day. Um, or not even thunderstorms, just scattered showers. Uh, I, yeah, I think, I think Buffalo can run the ball really well. I think like way better than we've seen in years past. And obviously a lot of it has to do with Josh Allen and what he can do with his legs. Um, and then, like you said, I mean, the wide receiving group, Emmanuel Sanders has had a really good year. Cole Beasley's having another Cole Beasley season and uh, Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's made some big plays throughout the season and, and I, I still can't believe they lost that game to Tennessee uh, that Monday night game. I just think they're going to come out and look, if you're Miami, you're thinking this team, shut us out in an NFL game, which is so rare. It doesn't happen a whole lot in the NFL. It happens a handful of times a year. And I, I would think Brian Flores and stuff, they're coming out there. They want to try to keep this game as close as possible. I just – I think they'll score this time. I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit better with Tua than they were with Jacoby Brissett. But that offensive line hasn't been good. And Buffalo's D-line is nasty. They get up and after you, they got eight guys that can all rush the passer – uh, rush the passer that they've been able to rotate in consistently. They got a great ba- uh, linebacking room. Um, Tredavious White as the uh, the outside cornerback, it's really really good. I am um, I'm just a believer in the Buffalo Bills, and I don't think they have two bad games in a row. Plus, they get the whole week by in between. I think Buffalo covers the 14. And uh, are you taking Buffalo as well? I am. Yes. All right. So we're both both on Buffalo, circling. The wagons. Uh, all right, your Niners going to Beantown, taking on the Chicago Bears, who just got emasculated. Beantown? <sighs> yeah. That's Boston. No, it's not. Beantown is Boston. Yeah, because the, the, yeah, well, I know that some people call it that, but you, I'm 
pretty sure people also prefer Chicago as Bean Town because the big bean, the big bean like statue thing that they have there. I've been there. I've never heard of Chicago being called that, but okay, proceed. <laughs> no, I need, I need, no, we're, we're doing this right now. All right. So both, <laughs> both go by it. You type in Bean Town on Google, it says Bean Town Boston, and then underneath it, Bean Town Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So fuck you. I'll give you that one. You can have it for free. There you go. I was like, I was like, once you said that, I'm like, yeah, but people do call me. I was like, I really thought they called Bean Town Chicago as well. Um, all right. Well, there you go. I know they call this, I knew they, they called the same thing in, in, in Boston too. But all right. Anyway, Niners are going to Chicago. Uh, looks like it'll be a lovely day in Chicago. A little 58 degrees, perfect fall weather, sunshine, partly cloudy. Uh, this is an interesting game to figure out. You know, I, I said it on, uh, you know, Tuesday's pod. I just don't really, I'm not taking anything away one side or the other for Indianapolis and San Francisco because that, that Sunday night game was just ridiculous. I mean, the, the weather, the rain, everything, it's so hard to tell. Um, and I, th- I still think San Francisco is a good football team. You know, I think they're better than two and four. And Chicago, I get that they just got their ass beat, but that team just seems seems broken. You know, I think Justin Fields is going to do some things. He's going to make a couple plays, especially with his legs. Uh, and, and we'll see how they can kind of get the running game going, but still no David Montgomery. So you're relying on Khalil Herbert and, you know, Damian Williams, who I think Damian Williams has been hurt too. So uh, He's been on the COVID list, but yeah. COVID this that's what it he's was. back this week so yeah. he's back this week so they'll have at least two running backs but you know Fred Warner's arguably the best linebacker in football so I feel good about San Francisco's defense going up against the running game and, and I think too I think Shanahan they're gonna say hey you know what if you want to beat us Chicago Justin Fields is, has to throw the ball to beat us You're not gonna beat us through the ground and you know I think there were a lot of pieces of the Niners offense that looked good I mean I think Eli Mitchell's probably gonna have a bit of a rough day only because you know the Bears are a really good run defense you know defensive team but Tampa Bay was able to run the ball pretty well against them last week Uh, I wouldn't say at will but they were able to move the ball a decent amount I think the Niners right now you know they're a four-point favorite on the road that does seem a little high Uh, but I do think the Niners are the better football team and I would expect them to win this weekend um yeah i i agree with all all of that i look the the niners run defense is gonna is gonna i don't know about shut them down but you're right kyle shanahan's gonna force them to throw the ball and look if you beat us deep twice with alan robinson and uh and justin fields throwing the ball great like congratulations um yeah but you're not getting anything out of that uh because on look jacquiski tart's gonna be shadowing uh alan robinson all day long so that's going to get shut down uh, pretty quickly. And then uh, you're going to have Josh Norman on Darnell Mooney, I'm guessing. Um, so uh, I like those matchups on for the Niners, despite the fact that our, our secondary is ravaged right now. Um, but, but I think the, uh, I think Jimmy G has a shot to, uh, to have, have a bounce back game. He didn't look very good. And I think a lot of it was the weather, but he mm-hmm. looked very good. Uh, well, he had moments in the, uh, in the Sunday night game against the Colts, but uh not thrilled. Uh, I think this is a week, honestly, with the uh, with the way the the Bears defense is set up, that Brandon Ayuk should have a decent game. Hmm. I'm not saying going off. I mean, Debo is probably going to have the lion's share of uh, of touches at wide receiver and and do it from from different sides, whether it's out of the backfield or 
or catching the ball. He's had seven catches in each of the last, I think it was like four games, something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, which is crazy. Uh, so I, I do think though, that if there's a game to be had where, where Brandon Ayuk is looking for a midseason sort of breakout, I think this is the one where you can start, you know, throwing targets his way uh, at the very least, because if nothing else, you're going to drop the safety help and then Debo's opened up. So um, there's going to be a story that comes out at some point this year about what the hell is going on with Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I, I it, honestly, it, the vibe I'm getting is just that Shanahan doesn't trust him. And I don't know if it's, they don't like, he doesn't know the playbook. I don't know if, if it's stuff he's doing at practice, if he's not, if he's, you know, become more late. Like, I just don't get it, man. Like they have this guy out there who we've all seen do flashes of stuff, but for whatever reason, he's just not getting open. You know, it's not even like, like I saw an incredible stat about Allen Robinson that he has more open yards, like yards that should have been hit that the quarterback missed him on that he had like separated. I want to say it was like close to 500 yards. Like, wow. like, and that's directly related to quarterback play, you know, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields just not Trubisky. getting him. And well, I mean, it's this, no, this year, just so oh, far this okay. season. Um, and so Andy Dalton and Justin Fields just aren't seeing them. And, you know, are they're just the offensive line's not good. I mean, they still have freaking 78 year old Jason Peters out there playing left tackle. And I love Jason Peters and he's an all time Eagle. He's an all time offensive lineman. Dudes, a first should be um, a hall of famer, but I just, I, I don't get what's going on with Ayuk. I just, I'm curious as to what that story will be. Cause at some point something has to come out because Talk about a guy who preseason, like people are talking about him as you know, top five round fantasy pick, you know, at least. And now Debo's shown to be like, hey, Debo's actually the guy who's the, you know, the, the all star, the guy who's right now top five in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, and that's including a bye week in there, too. It's wild. Uh, who are you picking here? San Francisco minus the four? Yeah, I'll take the Niners on this one. Um. This is a tough game to pick because I really I'm not 100 percent sure as to how it's I I do think San Francisco is the better team I do think they win this game, but at home, coming off of an ass kicking, I just don't know how much this Bears team buys into Matt Nagy, uh, and you know Justin Fields is going to play his ass off I know that and he's going to kind of keep coming and I think they're going to want to bounce back but um, I think it'll be a relatively close game. <sighs> that four number is killing me um i'm gonna take chicago to cover again i'm 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 telling i'm i'm making arguments completely against my pick for the last like three picks but i don't know i just that four i've had good luck picking with the four there so i think san francisco wins the game i just think um i just think it's a tough i just think it's tight i think it ends up being closer than people think it is um all right afc north matchup here Hopefully we get some Baker Mayfield. Hopefully he's a, he's been taking the starters reps all week. So we'll, we'll see probably come game time, whether or not we get Baker, but the Steelers are going to Cleveland. This is a, again, you know, it's an AFC North matchup. No Kareem hunt. I believe Nick Chubb is uh, doubtful right now. I think is what they have him listed as. Uh, Cause they have not officially put him on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, he's upgraded questionable. Okay. So he's been practicing a little bit here. That's good for Nick, for Nick Chubb. Um, OBJ is questionable as well. Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. 
all of them are questionable. Feels like half the team, with the exception of <laughs> poor Kareem Hunt, um, and then Jeremiah Wusu yeah, Romo also on IR. Yeah, but they got you know they got ten days playing last Thursday to be able to rest up here. So hopefully, good news for the Cleveland Browns. They're going up against the Steelers team that I just, I mean, the Steelers almost lost to Seattle with Geno Smith. I just, I still have so such little faith in the Steelers this year such little belief and like they, they pulled, they somehow they're three and three somehow they beat Buffalo, which still just doesn't make sense in my brain. Um, but I think Cleveland here is the, is the team that's going to win. I think they have a big game here. Um, Baker Mayfield questionable. He was limited participant in Wednesday's practice. He practiced on Thursday as well. Uh, right now, Cleveland is a three and a half point favorite at home. And I think that number's low. So I'm, I'm going to take yeah. Cleveland to, to cover the three and a half here. Yeah. Yeah. Even OBJ questionable Jarvis Landry, but even if you have those two out on the field, I still think your offense looks better safe for Najee Harris than the, uh, than the Steelers is um, the big, what I, what I think this game is going to come down to is classic AFC North is, is in the trenches and the yeah. defensive line for Cleveland is way, 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 way better than Steelers, yeah. Pittsburgh's oh, wow. offensive line. So uh, I, I think three and a half is way low. I'm on the Browns too. You're definitely right about that. And I'll, I'll put, I'll even flip it too. Cause if you look at the Browns offensive line against Pittsburgh's defensive line, that's a fun matchup. You no, know, watching Conklin and Judrick Wills go yeah. up against, oh, yeah. you know, TJ Watt and, and those guys and Cam Hayward. Um, that's about, I mean, you're talking about one of the best defensive lines going up against one of the best offensive lines. So that matchup is really funny, but you're hundred percent right. It's completely lopsided on the other side. And big Ben right now yep. leads the league in, in release, like time to release. He gets the ball out faster than any other quarterback. And that's by design from their offense. I think it's like 2.9 seconds on average or something. Yeah. Um, and that's why you're seeing Chase Claypool having a down year is because he's running all those deep routes. Yeah, doesn't have time to get the ball to him. So no, and also that right now, Matt Canada's offense for Pittsburgh is just all these. It's these designed. It's almost like West Coast. It's designed short passes. Um, it'll be the one I guess bright spot if you're a Steelers fan is you know what does Najee Harris do against uh, you know a I want to say a banged up linebacking room, but like right now without Jer- Jeremiah Usukoromo, who's been one of the best rookies we've had all season. Um, Cleveland is is a team that you can run on a little bit. Um, yes, Miles Garrett's a great pass rusher. Yesterday, Ben Clowney's a great pass rusher. Uh, they don't have a true like run stuffing three technique or, or nose tackle, which I think makes it tough. Um, and then they w- had been doing a really good job of kind of funneling everything into the linebackers because JOK was making plays left and right. Like it's crazy how much that dude slid in the draft. And I know he had the heart condition, but holy shit, man, that guy's good. So. Well, him, maybe Najee Harris is able to, you know, get the ball in some short passes, be able to maybe run it a little bit. I mean, the best thing you can do with a bad offensive line is try to run the ball. So I think the Steelers are going to do a lot of that, and who knows? I mean, it's, it is an intense rivalry between these two teams, and uh, ultimately we'll see kind of how it, how it plays out. Um, next game here, Tennessee Titans coming off of wins against the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are on the road in Indianapolis, and get this, Scott. This is the most ridiculous line I've seen all season, I think. This is like up there with you know, like Iowa State being a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Indianapolis is a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Tennessee. No, no. 
<laughs> I, no. I mean, Darius Leonard's awesome and DeForest Buckner's awesome. And, and maybe they'll have a chance of slowing down Derrick Henry, but indoors in that, in that stadium, I mean, the Titans defense played so well last week that like if Patrick Mahomes couldn't now, of course, this does feel like a natural, like the Titans let up after two big w- wins, you know, it's a one o'clock game. It's not prime time. Trap game. <laughs> yeah. This is what they call a rat line. Um, I just, I don't see a world where Indianapolis, I, I just, I, I can't believe Indianapolis is one and a half point favorites here. I just, it just, it blows my mind. I can't either the way that, um, the way that uh, Tennessee's defense has been playing the last few weeks. I mean, on top of that, they've, they've got on offense now, AJ Brown uh, stepping up. So mm-hmm. I don't see how any of that adds up to the Colts are, uh, are getting one and a half points at home um yeah they just they're not like the colts are are so banged up at wide receiver like i I would maybe agree you know if they were able to if if i felt confident that that they'd be able to throw the ball all over the yard right but we said the same thing against that banged up secondary that tennessee has with kansas city and kansas city scored three points i mean ty is questionable which is good um he's got an injured quad but if he does play he's not going to be 100 percent Paris Campbell's on IR. So basically it's Michael Pittman Jr. and a banged up TY. And that's all the wide receiver weapons you have. Mo Ali Cox and Carson Wentz seem to have a little bit of a chemistry thing going on there. But Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor are both banged up too. You know, Jonathan Taylor's playing with busted ribs. So is Naheem Hines. They both have busted ribs right now. And yeah, they have Marlon Mack there as a third option, but I just I don't see it. Well, they're gonna trade him too. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe you want to feature him so he gets traded, or maybe you don't play him so he doesn't get hurt before you try to trade him. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what the what the impetus is behind that line. It's a big word, Uh, but good one. uh, (laughs) But uh, he's Tennessee just has too much. Something's telling me Colts though. I'm gonna do it. Indianapolis one and a half. You're taking Indy. See, like, I can see that. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's not that I can't see Indianapolis winning this game. I, I made the case for it. Tennessee has a letdown after two big wins in a row. They seem to always kind of play up for big games, you know, those primetime games. And then they have a down week. They're kind of let down a little. But, I mean, Julio's back healthy. A.J. Brown's looking like, you know, he's a slow starter. He kind of has been for the last couple of seasons. And it looks like he's starting to pick up. Ferkser's been really good for Tannehill as a replacement for Johnny Smith. And then Derrick Henry. Like, I love Darius Leonard, but Derrick Henry is versus Darius Leonard. Like, Darius Leonard's not going to be able to take him down. He's not going to be able to do it all himself. So, I don't see – I mean, Indianapolis secondary hasn't been very good this year at all. They're also missed they're – uh, they lost their starting safety for the year from a torn Achilles in practice last week. Yeah, you convinced me. Uh, that's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're taking Tennessee? I'm going right? Titans. I'm going taking, Titans. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to flip flop on you, but no, that's fine. We we give out one or two flip flops. That's okay. Um, I think this is a. I think it could be a close game. I'm just. I think this is Tennessee all the way. And yeah, the Colts won that slot fest. But just like, like I don't feel any better about the Colts after Sunday night's game. I, I don't think all of a sudden the Colts are a shoe in for the playoffs or anything, you know. And I think Tennessee realized that they win this game, they're at six and two, and then well, the Colts. Think the about Colts it. are now three and five, and they're you know, handily in charge of the division at that point, because the other two teams are Houston and Jacksonville. and They both have two wins come up. And I think that might be part of where the line is where it is, because 
Colts win this game. They're four and four. They're they're right back in the division race. Yeah. Um, they're not out of it by, by any means, but four and four, you're still like a, a playoff team if you're the second uh second team in your division. That would be a game big after be a that, game behind that Tennessee. Division, yeah. Yeah. And and after that in that division, it's not even close. So this is a two horse race. Uh well, one horse for the Colts, but uh two horses uh in the uh, yeah. in the division, I guess. Yeah, I think I but, think this is Tennessee. I just yeah, I could see absolutely. being a close win. Um, I think if the Colts win, I think it's going to be a close win too. So even with that one and a half, maybe they win by one and you can still cover. But yeah, that's just a weird line. Um, all right, other one o'clock game: Cincinnati going to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, they're taking on the Bengals. Another kind of rainy game. Um, the Bengals are ten and a half points here. And that number seems a little bit low. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I think there's a, there might be a propensity for Cincinnati to kind of come in here. You know, all right, we're going to roll them. Mike White starting at quarterback. Uh, uh, Sala announced. Go Flacco. Week. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? How about Flacco back to uh, the Jets? I'll, I'll always remember the, the memories of Joe Flacco yeah. starting preseason games over Jalen Hurts. Um, always, always the memories of them walking. That was a, a, a well-dressed, good-looking quarterback room with, uh, oh with him, God, Gardner yeah. Minshew, and, and Jalen Hurts, though. Well, at least we get a little. <laughs> now, the annoying thing is the amount of people in Philly that are calling for Gardner Minshew. I'm like, God, Philly fans are the worst. Philly fans. I thought so they were going to trade him, but anyway. Nah, give <laughs> me Gardner. It. I'm. Ex- he's actually going to dress up for the first time. He hasn't dressed yet this season, Philly. so we're going to get to see what Gardner <laughs> looks like in the uh, in the green, baby, the midnight green, midnight um, green. But yeah, so Mike White and then maybe a little Joe Flacco emergency situation if Mike White's as bad as uh, as we think he is. Um, the Bengals should win Poor this guy. one handily. The defense is, I, I mean, I think this is shutout alert, and I think no question the Bengals score at least two touchdowns. Um, maybe the Jets, you know, get a field goal. Ten and a half just seems way too low. I'm taking the Bengals all day. This this might be my lock of the week too, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think this is even close. This is, I think this is one of the games where we get to our, our podcast on Tuesday and we're like, mm, yeah, nothing much to talk about here. Uh, Bengals play great. Let's move along. Yeah, I mean, Jamar <laughs> Chase is going to just absolutely roast that secondary. Just I think he might actually it. break the record for most receiving yards in a game. He might do it. Yeah, he's Jamar Chase. Might. And, he, and, and if he doesn't do that, he's going to break the fantasy points record. Yeah. <laughs> I think this and, week. And Joe Mixon. He's going to be over 50. <laughs> Joe Mixon should be able to run the ball well. Obviously, they have Samaji P. Ryan there. And they've been really smart about that this year, the Bengals have, and I give them a lot of credit. Knowing Joe Mixon's injury history, you know, when they've been up big, they're not they're not riding out Joe Mixon a ton, you know, especially in the passing game. Like, Joe Mixon's great out of the backfield catching the ball, but they're really only using him in a couple of screens a game. Any sort of swing routes, they're usually using P. Ryan. Any sort of wheel routes, they have P. Ryan or that other dude, uh, Chris Evans, who caught that touchdown a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, this is Cincy all day. Uh, another game that's going to be a, a blowout, the L.A. Rams going to Houston. 6-1 and one Rams taking on the Texans. Now, this line makes a little more sense. Uh, the Rams are a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, the question is, though, are we getting uh, Terod Taylor back? Because I, ah. I think he's eligible to come off the IR. I'm just doing some, some real-time research here for the Texans. Uh, Nope, he's he's on IR for this game too. Yes, he he did return to practice though on Wednesday, which is good news. Um, so it looks like we're getting at least one more start uh, for our man. Um, uh, I forgot his name already. 
Davis Mills. Jeez, how could I forget that guy? Rex Burkhead is a Texan? Yeah. And how about that, too? They traded Mark Ingram this week. Mark Ingram, yeah, a little reunion the with the Saints, uh, which is exciting. I always loved – I loved Mark Ingram on the Saints. That was always fun. Did you see Brandon Cooks' tweet after that? Yeah. He was he ticked was off. Not, he was not. Well, Brandon Cooks is <laughs> – I would be, too. Had, Brandon Cooks has had an awesome year. I think he's got, like, well, 500 years. yards yeah. receiving. I mean, like, he's actually – he's playing really, really well. Um, look, I mean, the Rams – that game last week against Detroit, obviously, it meant a little bit more for Detroit, I think, uh, trying to win one for Goff, trying to win one for their guy. Um, and I think the Rams, you know, they they ended up winning by, what was it, like nine? I think they ended up beating them by. So I, I don't think the Texans are going to come out with that same level of juice. Again, all the Deshaun Watson stuff circulating around. Uh, I think the Rams cover the 14 and a half. I know it's a lot of points, but the Texans are – just they're not they're just not good man they're just not a good football team i think the rams win here by at least three touchdowns all right if jamar chase doesn't break a record for either receiving yards or fantasy points this week cooper, cooper cup, cup will <laughs> one of the wide receivers for the rams will for sure <laughs> i mean this game is going to be gnarly like yeah I, ugh, I feel so bad for the texans looking at this matchup cuz this is gnarly. And I think to Detroit's credit, they did a lot of um, they played so well in that game that I think that um, that the Rams did a lot of like rallying around like, OK, we're kind of figuring ourselves out. This was the game where it all kind of clicked. And granted, it was against the Lions, who are, are not a great football team, but they fight. Uh, and so when you come out with a with a nine point win against a team that fights like that, uh, I think it builds a lot of character in your locker room and. And on your football team, in terms of uh, of of what you can what you can call and what you can can build around on, on the field in between the lines, not just in the locker room. So I think yeah. that was a bigger game for the the Rams than I think uh, that than even they might let on. But uh, but yeah, that, I, moving on from that, like to play the Texans, like that's a, who scheduled yeah. that? Two worst I mean, teams in football to get the Rams back to back. Aaron, Aaron Donald's going to uh, is going to eat. Oh, let's put it that way, man. Yeah, he's yeah. going to destroy that <laughs> offensive line. Houston's O line is not good. Uh, and, and look, we saw the damage that the Cardinals' defense did against them. Uh, yeah, this is this is going to be ugly, ugly. Um, all right, so you're yeah, taking the Rams, Rams as well. All right, we're yep. both on the Rams. All right, last one o'clock game. I don't want to talk about it, but we have to. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles going to Detroit. Mm-mm. Detroit's going to win this football game. Yeah, they are. Detroit's going <laughs> to win this football game. I was just about to say, that's my outright pick. <laughs> I just, they are. The Eagles are a three-point favorite on the road, or three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Um, the only thing is that if the Eagles' defense plays well enough, which I think they can, uh, to, to keep it a close game, Jalen Hurts has been really good at the end of football games. Even I know a lot of them have been blowouts, but – you know, even like that Carolina game, right? You know, the fact that they came back, they kept it close enough, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jalen Hurts kind of starts to let it rip, and he starts to run a little bit more. Um, this is a really important game to see the development of Jalen Hurts because you're going to go after a team that's going to play hard but isn't that talented. You have to play well. He has to play well in this game. You know, he has to be comfortable in the pocket. He has to take shots all over the field, not just to the corners and deep balls. He needs to take advantage here. And Dallas Goddard has been sneakily one of the top five tight ends in football this season. 
And we saw it last week, even though they were getting their doors blown off, you know, they were able to move the ball with him pretty well. And they went down and scored that opening touchdown against the Raiders. And, and this is just, this is a game the Eagles have to win. And yet I still don't have any faith that they're going to do it. So, yeah, I think this is going to be low scoring too, by the way, like, yeah, like 22 to 18, something like that kind of game. The only thing is just, it feels like everyone is picking the lines. You know what I mean? It just feels like, and whenever everybody's on, it's a trendy pick. Yeah. I kind of want to take the opposite of it, you know, and it, it does feel like everybody is picking the lines to win their first game this week. Um, Nick Sirianni's press conference today um, was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know what kind of drugs this dude's doing, but he was talking about, you know, he compared the Eagles and the whole, the whole team to a flower and how the flowers, you know, they, they grow roots. And even though you don't see the end result, we always want to see what the flower looks like before the flower can fully blossom you know, it has to have all these roots and the foundation underneath. And actually was a decent metaphor, but like, yeah, but if the flower is two and five in their first seven games, nobody gives a shit in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I, again, I, I really don't think. (sighs) Give me the Eagles. Do it. Go birds. Go birds. You know what? They have to, they have to look good in this game, Scott. Like there's, I think so too. If if you lose this game, I can't even imagine what the reception is. Jalen Hurts will absolutely never succeed in Philly if they lose this game because the team's just gonna, the fans, everyone's just gonna turn on the kid. Like Nick Sirianni hot seat if they lose this game. <laughs> oh my God, I don't think so. <laughs> the one thing is if they, on the positive note, if they lose this game and the Dolphins lose the eagles would have if the season ended after this weekend and those two things happen the eagles would have the number one and the number three picks in the nfl draft so that's that's my next question is which uh eagles letdown are you going to get are you going to get the loss to the lions or the loss by winning this game and taking yourself out of draft position (laughs) i mean we're still gonna have three first round picks assuming carson Wentz stays healthy all right so you got nothing to lose You got nothing to lose. Three and a half. Give me the birds. I think Devontae Smith is going to have a huge game. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're both on the Eagles, which makes me feel worse. Oh, they have hey, to. Hey, I'm good on the NFL. You are. You are. I just, dude, I just can't. No, I just mean like the fact that we're both on the Eagles. Um, they just can't. This feels this like game, a game Vito would take the Lions. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're good. I think he absolutely <laughs> would take the, take the Lions. All right. Uh, four, that's the last of the one o'clock games to the four o'clock games. We go, we have, uh, five, four, four, four o'clock games. Uh, the first one, a game, uh, I would say is probably the second best game of the week. Patriots and chargers. This is mm. a really interesting game. Pats are going to not get flexed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, chargers are going well, cause it's the Cowboys on Sunday night. So. Oh, yeah. how dare we America's team. <laughs> Fucking Cowboys. Uh, the, the Patriots flying cross country to LA. Uh, haven't seen the Chargers in a couple weeks, but the last time we did, a very disappointing performance against the Ravens. Right now, the Chargers are a four and a half point favorite at home. Uh, the Pats coming off of an absolute beatdown over the Jets and a bunch of really close games before that. 
The Pats are a tough team to figure out. I mean, Mac, Mac Jones has looked better and better, but I think he's going to have a hard time throwing the ball against this Chargers secondary. That being said, I don't think the Patriots are going to be too focused about throwing it. I think they're going to give the ball to Damian Harris and try to run it down the throat of one of the worst run defenses in football right now, which is the LA and Chargers. JJ Taylor and Brandon Bolden. And, yeah. And, and whoever, whatever <laughs> random running backs they can find in division two that they want to sign. Um, yeah, man, this is uh, it's a weird game. I'm very excited to watch Justin Herbert go up against Bill Belichick. I think this is a true, you know, like, because like what the Ravens the did, what the Ravens did to stop Justin Herbert in that offense two weeks ago was really impressive. And they didn't blitz a whole lot. They were able to create a lot of pressure with just their front four. They did some interesting stunts. They kind of, you know, disguise some coverages really well. And I think the Patriots know what you and I have talked about a million times on this pod, which is that Justin Herbert is good when you blitz him. So we're going to drop everybody back and say, good luck trying to pick us apart. Uh, I, I think this is a close game. I, I, I could also see the chargers like letting it rip and the Patriots having a kind of a down game because the Patriots haven't been great this year defensively, but they've stepped up in big moments. I think they're going to confuse Justin Herbert. I think it's a tight game. I think the Patriots cover the four and a half. This is tight. They both given up 19 touchdowns this year. They, it's this is crazy when you look at their their numbers against the spread. Uh, Patriots are three and four against the spread. The Chargers are four and two against the spread. Both given up 19 touchdowns. Both are hovering around 160 yards given up. Uh, hmm. Points, sorry, points per game uh, total, and uh, both are right around 25. Uh, points four per game so <laughs> this is tight uh and and i think mac jones had a really good game last week but i think it was because it was the jets yeah i think this is a game where he starts to kind of look like a rookie again um <clears throat> which is fine you know if you're a patriots fan like there's more to be had in in future years so like uh, you like the development you saw but just recognize that it was against the jets yeah. um at what was the line? I'm sorry, four and a half. Four and a half. The Chargers are favored. Chargers. Yeah. You're taking the Chargers to cover. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm again. I'm really excited because I think you're right. I just I don't think the Patriots are going to put the ball in in Mac Jones's hands. I just I think they're going to try. I think they know what they can do and they'll they'll work some play action stuff off of it. But I think the Pats are going to be able to run the ball really well against the Chargers, and uh, I, I would expect the Chargers to expect that you know but and hopefully try to game plan towards it but yeah i think this is i i just another no. game that's kind of a weird feel to it i just think the patriots are good at, at um you know playing these tight I'm, games and yeah but i'm not sold with the with the taking the ball out of mac jones's hand because look their schedule upcoming they're trying to make the playoffs they're a pretty good team the three and four they're right in the mix uh after seven games they got the chargers they got the panthers then browns falcons then a string of Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills, uh, before they get the Jaguars and Dolphins at the end of the year. This is, I think, a winnable game uh, for them. And, and the the slate's not getting a whole lot easier, and it looks like they're going to be hovering around 500 anyway. Um, but if you can steal one like this, uh, and and Belichick has done plenty oh, of massive. that in his career, yeah, it's massive. Uh, then it's huge. So, yeah, I... It could be, think, it's going to be I, close, but I think the Chargers are at four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think New England, 
I, I think taking the ball out of Mac Jones's hands more in this game helps you win. So I, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They're trying to make the playoffs. I just think Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels know what the game plan is going to be to try to beat this team. And I think it's less Mac Jones and more running the football um, yeah. and, and trying to, and on, on top of that, trying to keep the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands, limit the amount of possessions that you give the kid, get your defense some, some rest and, um, you know, don't blitz them, drop guys into coverage and, and go from there. All right. Uh, the next four o'clock game, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road against Seattle. This is a matchup. I don't think I've ever like, seen like when was the last time the Jaguars and the Seahawks played? Uh, well, it would have been four years ago uh, in the rotation of uh, AFC NFC matchups. I just can't remember ever seeing these two teams on the field at the same time. I'm sure no, obviously no, it, it has was, happened. Like, you know, the weird it, sounding matchup. Yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> bizarre. Uh, it's in Seattle. The third game. Mark Brunel, Tim Hasselback. What? <laughs> yeah. Or Matt Hasselback. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Matt Hasselback. I got the wrong Hasselback. Sorry. Yeah, Byron Leftwich and Tavares Jackson. Or, or who was the quarterback there before Russ? They trade. They signed Matt Flynn to that contract, and then he never played. Matt Flynn, that's right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who was the quarterback before Russell Wilson in Seattle. I want to say it was Tavares Jackson. Yeah, they went through a, a like a three four year grace period between Hasselbeck and uh, and Russ, right? Yeah, I no, it had um, to be less than that. It was well, Tavares Jackson was a backup. I know for Russ for a while, but I'm trying to remember. Let's see. Yeah, I'm doing all doing live research here. Um, Charlie Whitehurst was there for oh a my. <laughs> um, here we go. I got the list. So Russell Wilson started in 2012. You're right. It was Tavares Jackson. And it was Tavares Jackson with tra- with Charlie Whitehurst as the backup. Let's go. How about that? Yeah. Pulling that. And then before that, Look it was the that. Man, more, Matt Hasselback was new. there. Yeah, Warren Moon was there. I th- that's funny. I thought I thought Hasselback was wasn't there that close to Russ, but there was only a year between Matt Hasselback and Yeah, uh, I thought there was more. But no. Crazy. no Russ, Russell Wilson. How about that? 2012 to 2020 started every single game. God bless Still him. Still two man. weeks ago. A little Trent Dilfer action in there too. He was a backup for, uh, the, uh, for Hasselback. Yeah. Seneca Wallace. Love a good Seneca Wallace reference. Um, yeah, so this game's just weird. Uh, Seattle's a <laughs> three and a half point favorite. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch more Trevor Lawrence in like a window that's not like the 1 p.m. game. You know, kind of like we got to watch him on the uh, on the Thursday night game a couple weeks ago and in, uh, in the London game two weeks ago. But yeah, but I'm going to be watching just... that Patriots Chargers game on the second screen. I want to watch Trevor Lawrence on the second screen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll have to find. I'm, I'm curious here. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get a bunch of it on on Red Zone too, because uh, the rest of the four o'clock games we got two good four o'clock games and two meh four o'clock games. Uh, I, this might be crazy, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards Jacksonville winning this game. It's not crazy, Jeff, and I'll tell you why. Seattle's defense is absolute garbage. I mean, garbage. Well, they Plus, did a good job a against Russ, of- against the the Saints on Monday night. Yeah, the Saints don't have any receivers uh, except Alvin Kamara. So uh, <laughs> beyond that, uh, the Jaguars, I mean, look, they come off a bye. 
and they just put together a great week against uh, Miami and London to get their first one of the year. Trevor Lawrence looks better and better and better each week leading up to that game. I think a bye week only helps, not only with the health, but with learning and understanding the game plan more on paper so that he can go out and have two weeks of full practice with uh, with confidence building, yeah. I think, for the most part. Seattle's defense, garbage. I say that as an NFC fan who lost to Seattle, or NFC West fan who lost to Seattle, and will probably lose again, and uh, uh, I think it's the Christmas game or close to. Um, no Russell Wilson, Geno Smith's only product. Look, Geno Smith in that in that uh, in that Monday night game, right? Didn't they they played on Monday night? Yeah, yeah, it was the Saints Monday night. It, he had like I think that the eighty four yard touchdown pass yeah. uh, to open the the scoring to to DK Metcalf, and I think yeah. he threw he for eighty three six... yards. Yeah. after that, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it would have been even less than that. Yeah. So, but can Jacksonville um, stop Seattle's running? Because, like, don't get me wrong. Like that Monday night game sucked. It was very boring. It was a punt fest. But I also could Alex see Collins like is banged up, dude. Yeah. And look, and Chris Carson serviceable. Chris Carson's still on IR. The offensive line's not great. I, I just I don't know. Like, and and I think Pete Carroll is just going to commit to this this you know, do, do what it takes to win the game. And then when it doesn't win the game, they're like, Oh no, what's wrong with the Seahawks. And it's like, well, Pete Carroll has been calling the same shit plays for 12 years. And he himself said this in the past couple of weeks that he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. So guess what? Now you don't have Russell Wilson and you're getting a little exposed. That's probably a a bit of a harsh word, but exposed. No, I I think you're right. Um, Uh, I think you're right. I mean, the other thing too, we got to remember, I mean, Jackson was up almost three touchdowns. They were almost up 21, nothing against the Bengals. You know, a good a good Bengals team, and they end up losing that mm-hmm. game by a field goal. They win the, t- the Cardinals tight one against yeah, and same thing with the Cardinals too. I mean, Jacksonville's been in a bunch of football games this year. I don't think they're as bad as maybe people are saying, and and I think you're right. I think Trevor Lawrence has has really started to step up and and prove why he was the no doubt number one overall pick. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville three and a half. Give me the Jags all Can day. You get the hook there. So even if uh, Seattle wins on the last second, so you're taking Seattle. No, three and a half. Oh. I'm taking the Jags. Uh, oh, they're plus three and a half. Sorry, yeah. I'll, I'm taking the Jags on plus three and a half. All right, we're both on Jacksonville. Yikes. Uh, what a time uh, to be alive. Right? <laughs> uh, Washington football team going to Denver. Uh, this is a game <laughs> I'm not excited to watch. I, I will not bet on Denver again this season. I, I can't, dude. They're... I've I've heard this for a long time that they are a miserable team to bet on, and I, I get it. It's it's miserable picking and rooting for them. I don't know how Vito does it, man. Um, Washington's a decent football team. I don't think they're as bad as two and five. I think the defense. They're a actually, football team. <laughs> uh, the defense has actually started to come around a little bit the last couple of weeks, uh, and you know Antonio. I mean, they did a good job against Green Bay. You know, they, they only gave up, what, 24 to Green Bay? I mean, that's, that's pretty good. A fully healthy Green Bay team. I don't think Denver's going to be able to move the ball very well. And I think Denver's defense, we overrated. Um, and especially, you know, you're getting three points for Washington. I'm, I'm going to pick the Washington football team here to cover. I won't. Jerry Judy's coming back. I think the offense looks better with him in it. Um I think he's coming back, right? Is he healthy this week? Uh, I don't know. 
I think Ooh, that's I think, a big I determining he, factor. I think he might be pulling up the injury report now. Um, now he's still on IR. On F. Ah. Now they well, can still take him off tomorrow. They can still, or Friday. Oh, he's on that uh, return list, like uh, like Michael Gallup is. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's on IR, but I, I mean, he practiced on he practiced on Tuesday. He's been practicing a little bit the last couple of weeks. I think I think he can get taken off by Friday. I could be wrong about that. I, I think he can. So I'm going to bet on two one and six teams here. I'm going to bet on myself for my fantasy league, and I'm going to bet on the Washington football team against the spread, who are one and six against the spread. Oh, you're this changing because... it now. Now you're now <laughs> you're am, taking I Washington. Jeez, yeah, man. yeah. If if they had Jerry Judy there, I think that's a big enough factor to cover, um, if not win the game. I mean, yeah. Jerry Judy can take the top off, and 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 all it takes is one throw, one good throw, uh, from from Teddy Bridgewater to. Well, Corlin uh, Sutton's both... been really good. Like, I yeah, mean, but, I think Denver but, can win this game, but by by a touchdown, I I just you know. I think their defense is going to keep a minute, and and. And rightly so, because it's still, for all their faults the last three, four weeks, they're still one of the better defenses in the National Football League. Washington, to, to your point, is, is getting better on defense week by week. Um, the whole place is a mess, though. I, I keep hearing it. Like, I think it's on the, yeah, it's on the fantasy, uh, fantasy Football Focus podcast. Matthew Barry always ranting against Washington. He's like, even the two trainers are on, like, like head trainers are on on paid um, administrative Please, leave yeah, due to this like yeah. scandal thing. So like the injured players are not getting the, the same care that they would <laughs> otherwise, which is like a crazy thing to think about. But then yeah. when it you, you hear it, you're like, oh wait a minute, yeah, <laughs> yeah that kind of makes sense. So um, and they're banged up, but I think Ricky Seals Jones is having an absolute, uh, an absolute uh, put. It, he's like the hole in the dike there, man. Uh, just plugging it up. And, and and making that tight end position look really good without uh, without Logan Thomas in the lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. A- Antonio Smith is playing injured. I, I don't know. I I think Taylor Heineke is better than Teddy Bridgewater right now. So I'll take Washington reluctantly right. at one and six. I was going to say, well, you already made me cross it out once, so your pick is Washington, and I wasn't going to change it if you flip flop at the end there. <laughs> uh, all right, we got three games left here. Um, Bucks at Saints. The Saints are four and two, but I think they're the worst four and two team in football. Um, yes, they have the win against Green Bay. Uh, we've seen them do some some things here, but I don't know. Maybe a little Jameis Winston revenge game. I mean, Tampa Bay is only a four and a half point favorite. Uh, it's in New Orleans, but that number seems low. I think Tampa Bay is a runaway train right now, and the Saints, you know, their defense is is pretty good you know they they did a good job you know slowing seattle down but you know what do we really make of that seattle team uh i'm riding tampa bay on this one I, you're not going to see too many games this year in the regular season where tampa bay uh is, is only a four and a half point favorite in a game and um you know tom brady just looks like on like he's on another level to the way he's seeing the field the way he's getting the ball out uh and, and i just i don't trust Jameis at all you know, I said before the season, I knew there was a lot of hype around him. I just was not really buying into it. And he's been so conservative, you know, and, and he was getting into it with Traquan Smith on the sideline of the Monday night game. I, I, this is Tampa Bay all over. Uh, they've just too many weapons. They can beat you in the run. They can beat you throwing the ball. 
I don't know. I don't know what New Orleans, despite the fact New Orleans does have a good defense. I don't know what the, the Saints do here. I, I, I don't see it. So uh, give me I the box you, here to cover the four and a half. I think I think if you're the Saints, you lean on Alvin Kamara because, I mean, look at what happened when you did that. Like that was his biggest game of the season. And, and yeah, but still Seattle's by, yeah, but Seattle's three defense. against Seattle. Is very different than Tampa Bay's defense. That's what I mean. Is you only won against three or by three against Seattle. So um, even if you lean on Camara as much as you need to, and granted, Tampa Bay is going to watch that game and be like, okay, so not only were we going to obviously key on Camara because he's your best player, but now we're going to key on him even more because like he's the only guy that makes your offense go. Yeah, but they're um, getting Levante David back, and so now exactly. most likely this week. Yeah, I. The Tampa Bay, yeah, so yeah, you're right. Like, I love so Kamara, I but think... Kamara's not going to be able to do anything. And by the way, Kamara's had a pretty down year. I mean, yes, he was he was their whole offense on Monday night, and he had one other really good game this year. But Kamara is like running back like 15 in fantasy. Like, he's really underperformed. And I don't know if it's just you know. And I in think terms I terms of running, this. yeah. But I, I mean, yes, he he gets used in the receiving game and everything a little bit more too. But Overall, like his production this year has nosedived, and I think it's because teams realize there's one guy on that offense that scares you. There's one guy, and we're not going to let part we're not going to let Alvin Kamara stop you know beat us. That's that's part of it, and they were also in salary cap hell, and their offensive line got hit hard in the yeah. offseason with all of that. So, um, all right, are you taking Tampa Bay? Yeah, I'm taking Tampa at the four and a half. I just think they have too much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even without Antonio Brown. Again, and take Mike advantage. Evans getting shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, who's going to yeah. have an amazing I mean, game. Like, but you still got Chris Godwin and and OJ Howard and, yeah. and, and Leonard and, Fournette out of the backfield. And Ronald Jones looked really good against Chicago. I mean, I think Chicago's defense is on the same level as New Orleans, you know, talent wise. And I, you know, Tampa Bay absolutely destroyed Chicago's defense. So yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. Sunday night game: Dallas going to Minnesota. Uh, this is another interesting line right now. The Cowboys are only a one point favorite. Uh, I, I know it's on the road, the but it's, it's a dome. Um, it's a, this is a weird, weird game. And it's going to come down to that Minnesota thing, right? I mean, we're, I think we're talking about two teams with arguably the best two of the top three best skill units in, in football right now. Uh, I've the Cowboys, uh, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott in the backfield. And then you got Amari Cooper and CD lamb and, um, is uh is Gallup coming back this week? Not I don't think so. He's on that that injured reserve return list. Yeah. Um, so they can activate him anytime within 21 days of I think Wednesday. Gotcha. Um, but I, I don't believe that he's gonna going to be rushed back for this game. But even still, Blake Jarwin and Schultz have both been really good this year at the tight end position. Uh, for the Cowboys, the offensive line's been really good for Dallas, and Dak's been unbelievable. And then on the opposite side, Minnesota's offense, we know about. Dalvin Cook, we know about Alexander Madison in that backfield, and we know Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne, who's been a, a breakout yeah. star this year. Um, yeah. that, that kid's <laughs> awesome. And Kirk Cousins, to his ever-loving credit, has been really good this year. Uh, both these teams he's come a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy. I and don't he's, know And how. he's made some big-time throws, but he's also, you know, it's the way he's played at the end of games is a version of Kirk Cousins I've never seen before. Minnesota, I said it multiple times on the spot and i'll say it again they could win any game and i wouldn't be surprised and they could lose any game and i wouldn't be surprised and uh 
only get without basically being a pick them. I just have to pick the team that I think is the better football team. And I'm picking Dallas to win this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you said it all. I, I, I don't have any need to elaborate on any of that. I mean, we know what their offenses are. Um, I think honestly, their defense. This is to me the almost the same football team in different uniforms in many ways. Um, and I know we've said that on the podcast before. Two and a half, pick them. I'm going to take one, one and a half. Oh, sorry, just, yeah, just one, one and a half. No, just one. Dallas is just a one point favorite. I'm taking the Vikings because. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's going to find a way to screw this up at some point. That this is year. true. We haven't, we haven't had like a, we haven't had a McCarthy screw up in a while. I think he's saving it for yeah. him to get into the playoffs. He's and due. He starts <laughs> a diarrhea down his leg. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the Cowboys are just, I think the Cowboys are a better football team. I, I, I don't really think it's close. Um, I think the best coach in this game is uh, the offensive coordinator for Dallas. I don't know why his name Kellen is Moore. Kellen Moore. I think he's the best coach in this game. I think he's better than – I mean, Zimmer seems disconnected with that locker room. And Kirk Cousins, amazingly enough, is the thing that's winning him these games. Uh, I, I think the big question here is which defense do you like better? And I can't believe I'm saying it, but I like Dallas's defense better. Michael Parsons Trayvon has been Diggs. awesome. Uh, obviously, Trayvon Diggs is the front runner, I think, for defensive player of the year. And the D-line's been really good. Randy Gregory stepping in for the injured DeMar- uh, Demarcus Lawrence – I mean, say what you feel about Randy Gregory, who's not a great dude. Um, shocker, because he's playing for Dallas. But he's like leading – I think he's in the top three in pass rush uh, win rate right now in, in football. And he's getting after the quarterback. So they're good on all three levels. And, uh, and Minnesota's defense has been very meh. So I'm taking Dallas. They're just a better football team. Monday night, Giants going to Kansas City. This Chiefs team, man, I have no idea. Zero idea. Uh, the Giants looked really good. Amazingly, well, they looked pretty good against – I mean, Carolina looked worse than the Giants looked good last week, I would say. Um, they'll be able to put up points. They'll be able to move the ball, I'll mad, I'd imagine. Um, you know, I know Kansas City got their doors blown off, but for how bad their defense has been to only give up 27 to Tennessee – it's actually kind of a win. <laughs> like, weirdly enough, that was actually kind of a win for Kansas City's defense. Um, they're getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. The offense is honest. It's weird to say that the, you know, at least we know what the Chiefs' defense is, right? We know they're bad. The fact that we don't know what's wrong with the offense is really worrisome. The one benefit, though, is that it's hard to run against the Giants. It's easy to throw. And so unless the Giants scheme up, a completely different style of defense where they're just rushing three and everybody else is, is dropping back. Um, I think the Chiefs should be able to score pretty easily against the Giants. It's a Monday night game. It's a primetime game. Mahomes is, I think, for the first time in a while, has a chip on his shoulder. And they need something to get this season around. You know, Vito said he still thinks they win the division. I don't think that's true. I don't think Kansas City is going to win that division. And if they want to, they got to turn some shit around real, real quick. Um, but they're a nine and a half point favorite. And as crazy as it sounds, I don't feel really good about p- picking Kansas City in this game. I just don't. It's a, it's a lot of points. 
and the Giants have been kind of frisky in some games. That number just seems really high. And uh, I don't know. I could see it going kind of similar to the way the Washington game against Washington went, where it was they were down, what, 13 to 10 at halftime, and they end up winning the game by, like, 22 or whatever it was. So I don't know. How, how do you feel about this one right now? And that's that line being pretty, pretty big. I think the difference is <clears throat> I think you're right. The the offense for Kansas City has a chip on their shoulder. All of them, not just Patrick Mahomes. Um granted, he's beat up and and Travis Kelsey's beat up and Tyreek Hill's beat up and they don't have as many explosive plays. We can we did all this on Tuesday where we talked about the the yeah. ineptitudes of their offense, right? Um and so I think that especially after a game like they got the they got hit in the chin like pretty good against uh what I think will end up being like a a pretty good Titans team, not great, but um and so when all is said and done, you kind of kind of kind of gotta look in the mirror a little bit uh if you're the Chiefs because it's been it's been sunshine and rainbows and everything great coming your way. Uh, for the last couple of years and now you're you're in a position that you haven't ever faced as a as a unit so uh, look yourself in the mirror and ask if you really want this and yeah. I think they've got the guys that do uh, honestly uh, the Giants are in shambles and and that injury report is riddled with stars in the game <laughs> uh, Sterling Shepard Kenny Galladay Saquon Barkley is still questionable somehow yeah. I don't, don't see him coming back but still um Evan Ingram, like, yeah, I, so I don't see like how it sounds like you're leaning more towards Kansas City. Here. Yeah, I am, I, especially on a Monday night football game. Do they cover the nine and a half? Knowing it's knowing it's in prime time, I think I think Mahomes is going to go off. I really do. Uh, yeah, prime time game. They play well in prime time, and, and I think it's a good matchup. Yeah, I, I, think I think it's a good matchup for their offense because they need a team that they're going to be able to throw against. It's just teams are dropping so many guys back. Mahomes seems a little bit off, but they need a get right game. And when they start to pour it on you, they can do it so quickly. Even if you, yeah, I feel like to beat Kansas city, you really have to play a perfect game defensively. And, and we saw Tennessee do it. And, you know, well, also in, in on previous offense, years, control the ball too. No, I mean, I think even this year, cause like, even like, you know, like Washington, like Washington played a, a perfect first half defensively, but then, they get they get one touchdown on you. Tyreek Hill sneaks and around the back of the end zone, scores it. It's and then the explosive plays. It's just yeah, boom, that's what it is. You know, and it's not. I mean, like because they haven't had a ton of like they're in the bottom ten in the league in explosive plays this year. So it's not even like the explosive plays as much as when they get the ball in the hands of Kelsey and and Hill, you're seeing a noticeable difference here. Um, and we also got to remember too, Patrick Mahomes nearly got decapitated last week. And uh, and how he yeah. how he looks, everything's saying he he's fine and that he's healthy and he's a hundred percent. So, which is obviously a very good thing. Um, but you know, does he have any effects from that game? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's still technically considered questionable for this game, but I think there's no doubt that he's um, he's he's expected to start against the Giants and uh, it's a Monday night game. But I'm with you. I think Kansas City does cover the nine and a half because um, I just think they're that much better of a team than, uh, than the Giants. All right. Uh, that's our, our preview for the NFL. We're going to take a quick break. Your, your boys got a big game this weekend to say the least. They want to shock the world. That's not even the biggest game. Survivor. The, 
but it's not even the biggest game in the Big Ten East. And so we'll get into that. I got five games for us to pick, some interesting matchups, one that I know Vito wishes he could be here to pick. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get our college football picks in here, and we'll wrap up the show, get you ready for a great weekend of football. All right, I lied. We're actually going to pick six college football games. because Oh, one, baby. There was one. <laughs> I know. Really getting frisky here. We're picking a lot of games today. Um, but there's one SEC matchup that I had omitted that um, we should. And look, there's a lot of really fun matchups this weekend. Uh, one of the games we're not going to be picking is, is the Texas and Baylor game. I, I think Baylor could could end up being in the Big 12 championship. I think Baylor could Sick end up and Bears. Yeah, the Big 12 yeah, championship. They're, they're a good football team, Jeff. They're a, they're very, a really good football team. Dave Aranda is an awesome head coach. Um, and even like what a o- turnaround, right. And, and only year number two, too. Uh, Oklahoma's t- playing Texas tech, uh, Texas tech just fired their head coach this week and Matt Wells shoot out. So do they have a little bit of that interim head coach magic and, you know, Kansas almost pulled off the upset against Oklahoma last week. So you never know, especially with Oklahoma this year, they just are, uh, they, every single game they've been in has been a close game. I think they've won one, maybe two games by two yeah. possessions this year. So you know what, Jeff? Um, I'm tired of I'm tired of this Oklahoma thing. Because look, they're gonna get into they're gonna find a way to get into the playoff this year, and they're gonna get their doors blown off by Georgia in the one four game or Alabama in the one four game. Yeah. And, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, what happened?" It was like the same shit that's happened every year. Oklahoma is not a great football team. For all the chaos Sorry. that we've been hoping for, it does feel like there's a chance. That we end up with, you know, the same the same four, four. Oklahoma, Clemson. Ohio State, which I think I said when we were talking about all the chaos in the beginning of the year, and I'm like, but there still is that path, and I hope it doesn't happen, but it could. Um, that's really, you know, Cincinnati's got a tough road to go down here as well. As long as Michigan but, uh, doesn't go, Jesus, we will. Uh, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I, I wouldn't hate seeing Michigan. I'd rather see Michigan than Ohio State. Like, I'm rooting for Michigan this year. Nah. Michigan or Michigan State? Not I, in. sir. I know, but... Michigan you, State would be okay. Would you rather have Michigan slash Michigan State or Ohio State? You would You would take both of those teams. Of the choice? The I'd rather no. have Ohio State. You'd rather have Ohio State in the playoff again over Michigan? Yes. That's insane. You're insane. All right, let's pick these games. Um, first one here... Uh, starting in Big Ten country, a little Big Ten West, we have number nine, Iowa, playing a uh, seemingly hot Wisconsin Badges team here. In they Camp scored Randall. 30 points last week, Jeff. How about that? They, Wisconsin's quietly getting pretty good. They beat Purdue after double Purdue take. had a big win. Um, Iowa, you know, this is, again, Iowa's going to have a tough time moving the ball against Wisconsin. Wisconsin – I think actually has a better chance to move the ball consistently than Iowa. Two really good defenses. The over under in this game is 36 and a half. It should, it should be lower. <laughs> Honest it probably God. will be. Uh, this is going to be like a, a 12 to six old fashioned big 10 game. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but right now, Wisconsin's a three and a half point favorite at home. I'm not sure where to lean right now on this game, but I have some sort of an inkling as to where I'm going. What do you think we see here in Camp Randall? Noon kickoff uh, between the Hawkeyes and the Badgers. Um, I I think. For, so here's what the loss that that Iowa had against Purdue, their defense got exposed. Mm-hmm. 
in the first half when Sean Clifford was, was healthy, their defense got exposed. Um, now, when we played a full four quarters of Sean Clifford, Penn State did, by the way, for those of you listening, I'm, I'm talking in, in, in Big Ten uh, in Big Ten speak is when Sean Clifford was healthy for those four uh, quarters of, of the Wisconsin game, their defense was good. I, I mean, really good and, yeah. and better, I think, than what we what we saw out of the uh, the Iowa game um, against Penn State. So I'm going to take the Badgers to cover the three and a half. Ooh. Believe it or not. No, I like I that just pick th- a lot. Like, like this I... is going to be such a low scoring game. Yeah. That. If if I, I trust Graham Mertz over uh, over Spencer, uh, what's the kid? He went to Marine Catholic too. He's a Bay Area guy. So, um, yeah, thank you. So um, you're you're right. This is going to be a low scoring game. So because of that, which team is going to create more turnovers? And right now, I think it's the Badgers. See, I disagree. I Graham Mertz has had serious problems turning the ball over. Ser- serious problems. Spencer Petrus. He's not electric. He doesn't sling the ball around. He's very pedestrian as a quarterback, but he doesn't make the same mistakes that Wisconsin and Graham Mertz do. And and Wisconsin coming off a big win, emotional win, top 25 team, though Purdue was literally number 25. Still a great win for Wisconsin. Wisconsin almost lost to Army two weeks ago. You know, I I, I like Wisconsin. I oftentimes root for Paul Chris because I just enjoy that, that brand of football. But – Iowa still is an opportunistic defense. Petrus isn't going to turn the ball over as much as Graham Ertz will. I trust Petrus against Wisconsin's defense and Wisconsin's secondary more than I trust Graham Ertz going up against Iowa's secondary, which is still, in my opinion, the best in the country. And I'm getting three and a half points. Give me Iowa, especially in a game that's going to be that low scoring. I'm going to take the points. Um, All right. Now we have uh, a little American action here we have a game that i wish Vito was here Vito was here to pick because we all know or vido he's or vido um or vido depending on uh what scott hansen wants to call him this is a really interesting game we got smu number 19 in the country undefeated taking on uh houston led by it's a big our, game led by dana holgerson it's on espn2 this line is dead even right now. SMU is traveling to Houston. I love Dana Holgerson. This is a quarterback deal for me. And Tanner Mordecai has been a, the, arguably one of the most underappreciated players in college football this season. SMU is a really good football team. A win like this would bolster their resume and subsequently would help Cincinnati, assuming that Cincinnati is able to knock them off twice to close out the AAC. But if Houston wins and Houston's now six and one and they have this both end up with one loss, but they have the tiebreaker over SMU. Well, that also would be pretty good for Cincinnati, right? Cause Cincinnati would have a chance to beat a one loss SMU team at the end of the season and then go on and try to take Houston on again. I think SMU wins the game. Like I said, this line is even the uh, over under set at 62. I would take the over here Two really good offenses. I think the Mustangs do it here. Uh, and Sonny Dykes leads them to a dub. Sonny Dykes, the old Cal Bears head coach. How about that? Uh, he had Jared Goff at Cal, yes, <clears throat> among others. He had all those good teams with. Uh, oh no, no, no! It was before him. That was a that was a different coach. But he had he had J- uh, Jared Goff anyway. That, Jesus, that's two Marine Catholic references in one go. Spencer Petrus and uh, and Jared Goff. Ugh. Um, 
anyway, uh, back to the SMU Houston game. <laughs> Look, uh, this is a big game for SMU. SMU's right on the cusp of uh, of uh, Cincinnati loss, and and we're talking about them as the G five team that uh, that can make some moves, <clears throat> especially if they're the team that beat Cincinnati at any point. So. Um, cause they're in the same conference. So, uh, look, SMU is a really good team. I think they're, uh, they're really well coached by Sonny Dykes. He, he did a great job at Cal, um, for the most part before he got fired, but, uh, I, look, Houston's a quiet six and one that division. You don't know, or that conference rather, you don't know anything <laughs> is going to happen. We're on Halloween weekend. Anything can happen. Uh, so, you know, a lot of teams could be on upset alert, but, uh, I think this, this, this SMU team, the Stangs, led by uh, are going to be led in this game by a great tight end by the name of Grant Calcaterra, who's going to tear it up for the SMU Mustangs and uh, and and really get them the uh, the the big win that they need against yeah. uh, against the University of Houston. So the reason Thanks, this Grant. game is is yeah, shout out to Grant, friend of the pod. Um, the reason this game is so big though is Houston doesn't play Cincinnati this year in the regular season. Right. So Cincinnati well, it would if, have to be in the championship. Game, it, right? Yeah. That's what I said in the regular season. So if Houston wins this game and they beat SMU and that's a close game, I still think there's a chance SMU is, is probably in the, they probably drop out of the top 25, but not by much. Uh, and there's definitely room for them to climb back the rest of the season to maybe be at that 25 spot. Houston would more than likely jump into the top 25 because their one loss came week one against Texas tech. Um, but now it would open up Cincinnati to play SMU in the last week of the season and hope that SMU crawls back up into the top 25. And then assuming Houston doesn't lose another game for the rest of the year, which they shouldn't because they've played a very easy schedule in the AAC this year. I mean, their wins right now are against uh, Rice, which isn't uh, AAC, but it's another group of five team. Um, then they've beaten Navy, Tol- uh Tulsa, Tulane, ECU. So bottom of the barrel this year when it comes to teams in the AAC. Uh, a win against SMU would be huge for Houston, but I also think it might help bolster Cincinnati's case. Or would it be better for Cincinnati if SMU wins and, now yeah, SMU, and then all of a sudden SMU jumps up, but then they would have to beat SMU twice. Right. And so they would beat them the last week of the regular season and then would have to beat them again in the conference championship game. I don't know which is better beating a, a, a one loss Houston team in the championship and beating a, a one loss SMU team in the final week of the regular season or beating an undefeated SMU team in the final week of the regular season and then beating them again in a couple of weeks when they play for the AAC championship. I think both are, are good outcomes, but I guess if you're Cincinnati, you're probably rooting for SMU to win here because if SMU wins, they'll jump up to by the end of the season, probably somewhere in that 13 to 15 category. And, and a win like that. Yeah. If and Cincinnati win, makes a playoff anyway. Yeah. Assuming Cincinnati makes a playoff. Yeah. But um, to get a chance to beat SMU twice when they were undefeated and maybe like the 13th or 12th ranked team in the country is probably better than beating SMU with one loss and Houston with one loss. Um, all right. Now we move to the SEC. All right. We got two. Interesting SEC games this weekend. Number 10, Ole Miss going on the road to take on Auburn. Auburn's 18th in the country. Good-looking Auburn team. They've been pretty good this year. This is a fun 7 o'clock game. Us, by the way? <laughs> well, 
two losses. They have two losses. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's fair. Um, I don't know. That's easy. L- losing to <laughs> Illinois. No, losing to Illinois is, is a yeah, worse loss <laughs> than, than Auburn losing to Penn State. And then who was the other loss Auburn had? Was it Texas A&M? I think it was Texas A&M. Um, anyway, sure. Ole Miss. doesn't matter. It's the SEC, so. <laughs> Just means more. Um, Ole Miss giving or getting two and a half points here is, is interesting to me. Uh, I think Ole Miss is a really, really good football team. And the crazy thing is, is Ole Miss's playoff chances are still alive. You know, they need Alabama to lose again. If Alabama loses to Auburn and Ole Miss finishes the year with one loss, then they'll be playing in the SEC championship game. So it's not likely, but it's very possible that Ole Miss could end up playing in the SEC championship game. And if they beat Georgia, you know, and their only loss being to Alabama, then all of a sudden Ole Miss is playing in the college football playoff. Uh, not likely. I would say it's probably less than like 1% chance that they could actually, that that'll happen. Um, and Auburn's, Auburn's been a good football team, but I, I just don't, I mean, I get it. Jordan Hare is a tough place to play and it's at night. It's a tough environment, but I think Matt Corral is a special quarterback. He looked healthy last week after getting banged up in the Alabama game. Uh, I'm going to take Ole Miss here, especially if you're going to give me the two and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm on board with that because I agree. Matt Corral is a, a special, special dude. Uh, there's been some some really special games though at uh, at Jordan Hare uh, over the past few years, especially at night. Um, I don't know. I just I, Auburn's a really good team. Tank Bigsby is an absolute monster. Uh, I love the guy. Um, and he's but, not even the best running back on the team. Isn't that which crazy? Is, which is crazy. Um, yeah, and and Matt Corral is both the leading rusher and passer at uh, at Ole Miss. So, uh, yeah, but I'm they got go a backfield and... that's that can can really run the ball too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ole Miss on this one. I, I just Miss think well? that that they have too much firepower. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're a really good football team. And Lane Kiffin, uh, who's probably gonna get Arch Manning after. Did you see that? By the way, the, no. no coincidence at all that they had Eli Manning's retirement. Uh, mm. ceremony and the two Mannings in the end zone on Arch Manning's visit to Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he can land Arch Manning, I I mean, geez. Well, that's assuming <laughs> that Lane Kiffin's not going to take the LSU job. Well, you're not going to take it if you get Arch Manning. I'll tell you that much. Maybe. <laughs> or you go wherever he is. <laughs> Money talks, bro. Money talks. Uh, the other interesting <laughs> SEC game here. The uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia and Florida. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous. This is on a neutral field. It looks as though JT Daniels is going to be healthy for the first time since week two to play in this game. Georgia's been rolling with Stetson Bennett. They've been able to run the football really, really well. But there's a certain quarterback in Florida who I think is going to be the next big thing in college football. Everyone's talking about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is awesome. But Anthony Richardson might be the best athlete I've seen play quarterback since Cam Newton. He is terrifyingly huge, strong, fast, rocket arm. He's a specimen, legitimately. Like, I I love watching the kid play. If Florida commits to starting Anthony Richardson for the full game, 
And if they take out Stetson Bennett and all of this goodwill and good vibes that the team's been having because JT Daniels is the more talented player, I think the Georgia Bulldogs are on upset alert this week. I really do. And I know that sounds crazy, but Anthony Richardson is a better athlete than anybody on Georgia's defense. And that's saying a lot because Georgia's defense is as ridiculous as we've seen. Now, I might sound like a complete idiot this time next week, but I really, really believe that Florida can upset this, can upset Georgia this week. This is the I biggest only... rivalry between the two teams. And at the very least, I think it's going to be a close game. Georgia's a 14-point favorite, so I'm taking Florida to cover. But I think Florida can win this game outright. Yeah, no, Florida's, Florida's reeling <clears throat> a little bit. Um, but they're the only team who came close, besides Texas A&M in the conference, who came close to Alabama. I just I, I think that that's a rallying point. Dan Campbell or not Dan Campbell, he coaches the Lions. Um, Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, thank you. <laughs> it's on the uh, on the hot seat. Um, and I don't know a, a neutral site, big rivalry game. Wait, were um, you talking about Dan Mullen? Dan you Mullen, said Dan thank you. Campbell. I was gonna say I was like, wait, why did I say Matt Campbell? Yeah, Dan Mullen. <laughs> Dan Mullen, yeah, sorry. Uh, he's on he's he's on the hot seat. But I think I think you're right. I'm with you. I'm I'm on Florida to cover. I think Georgia wins, but I think Florida covers that 14 points. I I I'll I disagree. I don't think Dan Mullen's on the hot seat. I because I, I and I'll say this: when it comes to game planning, uh, at first against a really good defense, but just offensive game planning from everybody I've talked to in college football, people who are are locked into it all, they say Dan Mullen's the best in college football. He is as good at game planning, designing offenses to go after specific defenses as anybody. Mm. And remember, that this must too, be nice. Florida's, uh, you know, lost three games right now, right? So Florida's season's basically done. This is their Super Bowl. This is their chance to put a giant middle finger up to Georgia and a giant middle finger up. And and I think they're going to be able to actually score points against Georgia. I, I really do. I think they're going to find ways to move the ball. And I don't think, especially if they start JT Daniels instead of Stetson Bennett, I think they're going to force Georgia to try to score. And so far it's been Georgia's just controls it. They run the ball. They, they play amazing defense. I am all in right now on. Dude, Florida. I'm having deja vu because I think we had the exact same conversation when we <laughs> talked about this game in the, uh, in the, the college football preview when we did the SEC. <laughs> really? I think we said the exact same thing. <laughs> we'll have to go back and check. Um, <laughs> by the way, I did go back and listen to our MLB season preview just to say I did pick the Braves. I think I said it was Braves and Yankees was my pick um, in the World Series, and I had the Braves winning it all. So, you know. I hit 500, not bad. Who's the – oh, you didn't get either of the teams, right? I don't know. So – if I and I had them beating the Dodgers to get there, which I was right. So if the Braves win, I, I'm going to ask you to uh, to admit that I'm the bigger baseball fan and that I know more than. Um, <laughs> which for anyone that knows this pod knows is, is not true. You you're you're a devout MLB fan, and I uh, 
I'm not quite on the same level. I love baseball. I love the MLB, but I, I can't keep track of it over the summer like you do. Um, all right, two more games here. Your boys going to Columbus. The biggest line of the weekend of the games we're picking, at least. Uh, Ohio State is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite against Penn State. Um, I'm not sure if you caught the press conference this week with James Franklin. I did. Um, said he was focused on Illinois because it was going to be a tough game this weekend against Illinois. Oh, but that game happened last. That was last week. Um, um, and then he said, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to the, uh, the big house. It's going to be a real, real tough environment. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of big houses in Columbus, Ohio, but the big house. Yeah. Particularly Ryan uh, days. <laughs> yeah. The big house is, um, well, that's in, in Arbor, Michigan. So, um, and then he follows it up by saying that James Franklin, you know, he's not distracted right now. Seems on seems about right. Would you say, Scotty? I think it's an act. Uh, he's, oh come on! For for all his faults he changed coaching, agents he, this week. The week he's, he's a smart he's, dude. The yeah. week he's. I going, told you. I said it on the pod on Tuesday. He changes agents. Come on. I said it. I said it on the pod on Tuesday. He either has one foot out the door uh, and doesn't care. And and that's why he didn't prep his team like he should have for the Illinois game. I don't think it had any complete complete ineptitude. And I don't think it was complete ineptitude. And man, I don't know. I think it was more ineptitude than him having his foot out the door. I think he's smart. I I really do. No, there's no way that was an act. <laughs> there's no way. You get everybody, and I'll tell you why it's an act because everybody, including myself, who's a massive Penn State fan, gets riled up about as, as you could be a terrible team, five, six, seven win team, uh, which is, is nice to say as a Penn State, that's a terrible team. Uh, but in any case, you could be at that level, and the biggest game of the year is this game. This is the Penn State Ohio State game every single year? So, uh, but you'd rather see Ohio kind of, State in the playoff and not Michigan. That has nothing to do with with whether or not this is a big game. Sure, but the no, point but is, like, who's the bigger rival then? Michigan or Ohio State? Ohio State, like no doubt. If you ask, so then why you would pulled, you? So then why would you rather see the team that's your biggest rival in the college football playoff? Uh, because I'd rather not see Jim Harbaugh in the playoff. That's why. Um, so, um, so I think I think it's an act. It, I think it's a, a rivalry week thing. Wow, that's like four times I've nailed that word. I usually right. don't do it. That all way. right. Well, um, how 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 do they do? How do they do? Do they cover the eighteen and a half? Sean Clifford is apparently one hundred percent good to go for this game. <laughs> Which I, I like he could have been that well. if he just sat out last week. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't that. know. I, look, eighteen and a half is crazy. I think I think a lot of this line is dictated by the the way that we played last week, um, with against Illinois and the, and the way we played in the second half against Iowa without Sean Clifford, um, and, and so they're betting that maybe he's not fully healthy. Um, and then on top of that, the way that Ohio State has played over the last what five weeks, just blowing out everybody, um, mm-hmm. um, and it's all style points. So 
18 and a half, you give, you give Ohio State the, the line there. I'm going to take Penn State to cover. Uh, I hope in my heart of hearts as a Penn State fan that we win. And I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to put that in the universe. Well, okay. I think we cover. So, so I don't think they win. But there is some sort of a roadmap there, right? Ohio State, they've been cruising along, especially the last few weeks. Uh, the best defense they've played all year is Oregon which was a banged up Oregon without Kayvon Thibodeau. And, uh, and I get that the offense is click. CJ Stroud seems like he's really taking the next step that he's kind of understanding what he's seeing. I think Penn state's going to create some problems for them for your sake. I hope the James Franklin thing is an act. Uh, and if it is, then maybe he's got this team locked in in ways that we just were not seeing, but I think Penn state's defense, you know, they shut out Indiana, right? The one thing we haven't talked about with Ohio State as they've been cruising here is they also haven't been tested on defense in a while. And you have some guys on that Penn State offense that are going to be problematic for them. And Sean Clifford's a gamer. Like, I'll give the dude mad respect. Did he look good against Illinois? No, absolutely not. But if he actually is healthy and he's able to move the ball, get him in the correct reads, and I think they'll be able to run the ball pretty well. I mean, Oregon was able to run against Ohio State's defense. Ohio State's defense isn't great. Their offense might be great, but their defense isn't great. So I think if Penn State's able to move the ball against an okay defense in Ohio State and the defense is able to slow down and present challenges that Ohio State hasn't had to face yet this year, I think this game's going to be closer than 18 and a half, and it's a lot of points. So, so I'm taking Penn State to cover as well, yeah. but, I, I, but I think Ohio State wins the game. So, so that's something we haven't had in a while against Ohio State is, is the defense enough to slow their, their huge offense down. Yeah. Um, and then usually in those years, on the opposite side of the ball, they got guys like Chase Young. And and, yeah. and, um, and they don't have that this year. So who's the Penn guy State's in Cleveland? Off- Jesus Christ. Um, the cornerback. Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, thank you. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Ohio State just doesn't have those guys like that this year, and so I think a big matchup, though. I mean, the the Penn State offensive line has to play really well. They have to be able to run the ball, which again, I think they'll be able to do. And Sean Clifford's going to have to make some big throws. And Jahan Dotson, his presence is huge in this game. If it's a big Jahan Dotson game, you get him working on like end arounds and jet sweeps and screen game, but also let him take some deep shots downfield. I think Penn State's going to be able to put up some points here, but I could also see like an absolute blowout. I I, I could see like forty points. Don't do that to me, Jeff. Don't do that. I just, just I, I'm already heartbroken. <laughs> well, yeah, that just gives me license to be worse. All right, and then the best and biggest game of the weekend, the other Big Ten East matchup, number six Michigan going on the road. To Michigan State, Jim Harbaugh versus Mel, Mel Tucker. Um, is it game day or no? It's uh, yeah, college it's game Fox. days. There. I thought the Fox kickoff game was there. No, the game's on Fox. No, college no? game days. No, there. you're right. It is in East Lansing. I saw. I saw a commercial for it. Um, Michigan's a four point favorite here. I I love this Michigan State story. They've been a fun team to root for for the majority of the year, but I don't think they're actually as good as the number eight team in the country. I think they're probably in that. 14 to 15 range. And I think Michigan is an extremely disciplined football team. Um, I think Jim Harbaugh has this team really working well. And when it comes down to it, both teams can run the ball. Both teams can play defense, but who do you trust at the quarterback position more? And from what I've seen, 
Cade McNamara has done everything he's been asked to to this point in the season. Cade McNamara has been able to take a couple of shots when they've been there, but for the most part, he protects the ball, doesn't turn it over, and you know Michigan State's quarterback, again, another kid that I like but has made far more mistakes. And I think the quarterback who – you know, both of these defenses are going to try to stop the run. So which quarterback do you trust not to turn it over? I trust Cade McNamara. I trust Michigan. I think Michigan covers the four points um, and, and pulls out the win in East Lansing. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't just stroll into East Lansing thinking you're going to win a rivalry game in the Wolverine State. I don't think that's the actual state. Anyway, it's definitely not. Um, Nah, man. Mel Tucker's got this guys humming. They are ready to rock. This is always a huge game. One of my favorite, by the way, uh, this this game always seems to happen on Penn State Ohio State weekend too. One of my favorites is is going to a bar at in State College. We walked in for, and I was with your your sister Amy and uh, and your brother in law Kenny. We walked into the bar in state college because we were up there visiting for the weekend after we graduated and we're watching the end of this game and uh, Michigan, Michigan state game. We go, Oh my God, like this game was close. And it was when Michigan state wasn't good and Michigan was decent. Um, And uh, we see that, that, that insane play on the punt and, and the the kid in the stands going, Oh my God. So (laughs) all time. We watched that. Yeah. All time. Um, so you're Happens you're again. you're leaning States. towards Sparty Sparty's. Rolls. You're 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 Sparty Sparty. Rolls. You don't stroll into East Lansing and and try to take down Mel Tucker and them boys. I think uh, you do without a fight. No, you don't. Jim you Harbaugh. Is Look, I'm not due saying it's going to be a, a letdown game. Jim Harbaugh is due for a letdown. He's on a super high right now. He's sitting at number six in the country. Guess what? The Ivory Tower is going to crumble, baby. Let's go, Sparty. This is a different Michigan team. And I'm not saying they're going to beat Ohio State or, or Penn State even, but this is not the Jim Harbaugh Michigan that we're used to seeing. This team's, incre- this team's incredibly disciplined. This team knows who they are. They have a very firm identity. And just look at the Indiana game against Michigan. Michigan State almost lost to Indiana. That game was tight down to the end. They still end up covering, I think it was four points or whatever. You only know because I took Michigan there. They think they won- end up winning by five. But every other team, Penn State, every other good team in that same conversation in Michigan State has handled Indiana easily. And Michigan State really struggled. And I think identity-wise, I think Michigan's one of the best defensive teams in the Big Ten. I think they're one of the best running teams. I know Kenneth Walker's had this unbelievable season. But I think as a collective unit, I think I, I, I think that's kind of a push. I don't think it's one with the other and god forbid anything happens to kenneth walker in that game too i'm i'm with the wolverines give me some john john harbaugh get my khakis out jim jim harbaugh whatever harbaugh one of them all right um they both stink that's all we got that's a pod uh thank you all for listening and subscribing and uh i was gonna say clicking that bell but there's no bell. <laughs> you they know should, what time it is you know what time <laughs> they should uh <laughs> They should have a bell for Spotify. Um, anyway, uh, we've been cooking up some random life shit stuff that we'll get to hopefully next week. We've just, this is a, like, there's only two teams, only the Raiders and Ravens are on buys in the NFL. Uh, and then this is a Thank loaded, God. loaded college football <laughs> slate 
to say the least. So everybody out there, enjoy the weekend. Uh, we are in perfect fall weather territory. I will be up in Philly, which I'm really excited about. Um, nice. I have some, I I'm going up Saturday morning, hopefully see my sister and, and my brother-in-law grab some breakfast. And then I will be, uh, I have some time to go get a Halloween party on Saturday night. And, uh, I'll have like a bunch of hours. So I'm probably just going to try to find like a bar or something in Philly and just go and watch games, just watch college football at a bar, have a couple beers, wait until, you know, the party time rolls around. I'll go head over to, to my buddy's place and go from there. Um, so I hopefully we'll be able to watch the whole Michigan, Michigan state game in its entirety, but some of those night games, I, uh, I might be a little disconnected for, but don't worry, as always, I'll get us locked in and then uh, got a round of golf on Sunday and I'll have to hurry my ass back home um, Sunday evening, but we will see. Uh, for Scotty, thank you, and we will uh, we'll get back to you guys next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the football, and as always, take it easy, everybody.